0: You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns. Uh. I, I, I have some exciting news to share, obviously. If anybody saw on social media today, uh, the Locked On Podcast Network is now part of the Tegna Group. Um, the whole shipping, cabarro, caboodle, whatever phrase you want to use, um, every show. So, with combination of Locked On now joining Tegna, um, 2016, Locked On started. Uh, as anybody remembers here, I've been hosting Locked On Brown since September of 2017. Yes, signed up for an 0-16 season. Um, partly because of Miles Garrett and a whole bunch of draft assets. Um, but everybody, uh, not just me, everybody who hosts these shows, um, continue with the work. And <clears throat> five days a week, five episodes per week. And for us, as COVID hit, you know, when we were also nervous as to far like where the network was going to be, you know, what was these shows going to be like without real action to talk about. And we the network just grows and continue to grow and grow and grow, which leads to a situation where we're at now. Um, I've told you guys a million times, I'm not going anywhere. I, I mean, I, I love this. And now to hopefully get to see this product make its way through, we will do that. We're going to have a great show here today. Pete Smith from Sports Illustrated along for the ride. One of our favorite sisters in the Browns community, community uh, Browns babe, Miss Nicole. Uh, we're going to talk some Browns here. We're going to talk about off season. We're going to talk, looking ahead to 2021 with Nicole, and it's always a pleasure having her on, and I do believe I want to ask about her favorite chef in her life right now. Today's episode is brought to you by Bill Parr. Go to Billpar.com, use the promo code LOCKED on all caps, no space, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Trust me, guys. I'm not a protein guy, bar guy. I'm not a big workout guy. But these things are delicious. Peter, Miss Nicole, how are you? And please, dote a little bit before we get going here. Because that picture you sent me yesterday, oh my God.
2: huh? Yeah, he's pretty cute, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's weird right now that my favorite chef is 18 months old. But he is definitely following in uh in the dude's footsteps and he loves to cook he is not happier than when he has um a bunch of pots and pans um and wooden fruit and you know groceries (laughs) and he just puts his little chef's hat on and he just like cooks up a storm so i'm just i'm waiting until we can actually like have him do real stuff and then i don't have to be the sous chef in the kitchen anymore that can just be his job.
1: Yes, but the one thing with children is, is you could turn around in two months, and all of a sudden it's little race cars, or it's animals, or I know my daughters went through a dinosaur phase. Literally, we must have had it. You know, some of them were four feet high for God's sakes, and they were everywhere in his house. But that's the fun thing, obviously, when what you're going through. And it's funny because I remember the last time we were on here, we were talking about what your next endeavor was, and your next endeavor was obviously now your favorite little eighteen-month-old uh, chef, obviously. Pete, we're going to grill Nicole here. Some highs and lows from the 20 regular season, um, which, you know, for everybody, just a change. And it's funny because when anybody comes back on here now who hasn't been on a while, the first thing you see is the big grin. And with Nicole, you know, obviously she enjoys Pete and I's company, but it's just, oh, wow. Talk about the Browns? Sure, let's do this.
2: Yeah, I'm excited. I only get to argue publicly with Pete every once in a while. The rest of the time, I have to do it like, you know, privately to ourselves
0: yeah it's really just a question of which guys we want to get rid of off this team i want to get rid of the overpriced millionaires and she wants to get rid of some of the guys who are you know just trying to scratch out a living and you know so, you know there's there's two ways to go about it and she has hers and when we have to make those cuts she's officially the turk and i'm gonna send her in there and she's gonna you know ask for playbooks and tell guys to get out
2: i'm ruthless what can i say
1: Well, I mean, the legal background and the other thing, Pete, is she can come in with a more educated background to, you know, basically butter them up. And then when they turn, take the playbook and, oh, by the way, you know, get out. You can get out now. But, Nicole, uh, this season, there's just no other way to describe it. Um, It's something, you know, every Browns fan, and I've listened to you guys all tell your stories, like every year. And, you know, trying to say, all right, well, this year and then maybe now, and then for me, I think it was Tennessee, the week of the Titan game, where it was just, oh my, this this is this is real, this is legitimate. Then, of course, there was that three- to four-week period where, my God, do we have to pick up two guys off the side of the road so we can actually say we have a 53-man roster to play this week? But all of a culmination, and for Pete and I, and Pete's favorite moment, because he's been using this phrase probably for as long as he's been on here, it's not real until we drive the dagger through the heart of Ben Roethlisberger and certainly got the opportunity to do that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't know what my moment was, really. Um, I just know that it was a lot of fun. You know who I felt bad for? The people who, like, adamantly refused to have fun until, like, the very, very end because they missed <laughs> so much fun along the way. Like, it was just... Fun like, and it was fun in spite of insanity, right? Like, we were like, you said, there were like weeks where it was like, Are we going to be able to put 11 people on defense on the field? and then they would go out and win the turnover battle by plus four with like a bunch of guys you hadn't heard of. And like, Bake is introducing himself to offensive linemen, you know,
0: <laughs> in the locker
2: room before the game, some guy named Blake, and like. And they're still pulling it out. I mean, I just – it was so fun.
0: I, I get I, – I still can't get over the the aesthetics of winning this year and, and being concerned about how pretty wins looked. And, yeah. like, one of, one of my favorite wins this year was the Eagles. And the second that game was over – because the Eagles game, they needed everybody. Like, Miles Garrett was obviously out with COVID. You had a monster game from Olivier Verne. You had all these guys contribute in ways that, like, you just had to have happen. It was sort of just a weird game, obviously still the weather. And the first thing, you know, that that, that I saw or, uh, you know, heard or whatever, when they, the second they won was how ugly it was. And then you, you know, smash cut to, to Kevin Stefanski in the locker room. He's going, you know, they're going to call this ugly, but this was, the, you know, this was a great team win. He was right. Like that was the, the sort of the coup de grace in terms of what you had to have happened for this to sort of be a, you know what 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 it takes to sort of be that team and those type of wins help shape you that you know the browns did a lot of growing because they're forced to obviously winning without nick chubb for you know like a month you know white teller all these various guys that they had to sort of you know you don't have this guy go out and win anyway and you know with with basically every game going with like two six shooters full of excuses on why you didn't win that game instead they just figured it out and Some people couldn't, like, enjoy that, which is sad, but uh, that's sort of, like, to me, this was all about, you know, them growing up as a team, and particularly Baker Mayfield, and he had the most, I think, entertaining uh, arc this year, because, you know, again, we're we're stuck in this situation where you have the pandemic-shortened offseason. He's literally trying to figure out this offense in the regular season, and people are saying he's awful, you know, all this, and then...
2: Don't forget that part. He's figuring it out in the middle of the regular regular season and they can't practice and they're running walkthroughs in <laughs> parking garages.
0: And and they come out and they, you know, he doesn't, he goes from, you know, like talking heads that can't get enough of, of ripping the kids and he can't play. He's awful to, they're still coming up with weird framework to like downgrade him. But now he's like arguably, I, you know, I don't think it's unfair to call him a top 10 quarterback, but again, like, I said he's better, the best of the class right now. I still believe that Uh, having watched Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson and you know, they'll go, well, you know, Josh Allen made second team, all pro Lamar Jackson made MVP and I get all of it. But if you're asking me right now, Baker Mayfield is the best quarterback in that class.
2: Yeah. I mean, this is such a hard conversation. I don't know if another class has proved to us how important coaching is for qb development as that class and i'm not even talking about just like lamar and josh right i'm talking about those top five guys like look at the perfect situation that lamar jackson and josh allen found themselves in and look at the arc of their development look at the bad situation that baker found himself in he sort of overcame but he still struggled but then found himself in a better situation and then started to live up to that potential. Right. And then look at the like terribly sad situation that Sam Darnold and, and Josh Rosen have found themselves in. And like, you guys, I didn't, those weren't the guys at the top of my list in that class. I was Baker Mayfield and then Lamar Jackson, um, probably then Josh, then Sam, sorry, Josh Rosen, then Sam, then, then Josh Allen. Um, I was wrong on Josh Allen, by the way. He was not the fifth best guy in that class. But, like, you just look at Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen, and I think about what could have been if they hadn't found themselves in the situations that they found themselves in. And I think all it it does to me is kind of reinforce my – sadness over the way the nfl treats quarterbacks now like when you look back to like aaron Rodgers sitting for three years behind farb or even mahomes sitting for a year behind alex smith and you look at like god like terry bradshaw didn't even hit 60 percent completion until what his fourth fifth year in the nfl I, i just and and then what we do to these kids now like there are people talking about miami moving on from tua I just, I feel so bad for these kids, like the expectations that are heaped on them right out of the gate when so many of them are coming into like terrible coaching situations, just like, it really bums me out for them. And all I can say is, thank God we figured out our coaching situation and, um, thank God it benefited Baker Mayfield in time. Thank God the Browns didn't destroy another one. And, you know, thank God I think we have at least by the end of the season consolidated around, like we've got our guy. Um, But yeah, man, it's just, to me, that was, that has, that's been the highlight of watching this group of kids is like, man, coaching, especially QB coaching is so important.
1: When you look at, And Matt Rule spoke on this today from the Senior Bowl. And, you know, what is the issue? Well, the issue is these kids not getting put in the rights. And, you know, any other position, you can give it some time, whatever. It's not going to work this way when you take a quarterback high. It's just not the drill anymore. Sam Darnold, for three years in the A-League right now, the best you can basically say is maybe incomplete. And I don't think anybody knows any more about Sam Darnold now than they did during the process in 2018. Josh Rosen. You know, obviously gave up, you know, holding Tom Brady's, you know, lunch for a trip to maybe get some reps at the end of the season with the San Francisco 49ers. They're now gonna move on, which leaves probably Josh Rosen in a in a weird scenario again. But look, for what you needed to get six on the path he wanted, and we you know, I keep going back to this. We all should have listened to Coach Stefanski when everybody was trying to crack the whip on Baker and Coach Stefansky simply saying. I am telling you right now, he is about to ascend. And guess what? Coach Stefanski? Yeah, he was 100% right. A couple of things to get to. We're going to get to a little bit more here. Uh, always a pleasure with Nicole. Uh, we love her. We love her insight. Uh, so able to make this one happen here. And obviously, you know, with the offseason, we can manipulate things a little bit. We're going to get to a little bit more here. Jeff Lloyd, Nicole P. Smith on what will be well posted late, but your Wednesday locked on grounds. You are one of a kind and so are your taxes. That's what Turbo Tax has experienced tax experts who are ready to listen to you about your unique tax situation. And trust me, 2020 has probably created the most unique tax situations that anybody has ever seen. Maybe you're moonlighting as a rideshare driver and have questions about what qualifies as a deduction. Maybe you need to understand what you can deduct from your home office now that you've been home computer, your desk, whatever you're using, this is where TurboTax can come in. They can either help you through this process, or they can handle this process for you. Go to TurboTax, TurboTaxLiveTax.com and let their experts help you, giving you the confidence to know that your one-of-a-kind tax situations will be handled by you correctly or handled for you correctly. TurboTax live. When it comes to getting or staying in shape, nothing feels as good as the feeling of accomplishment, of hitting your fitness goals and feeling great about yourself. Uh, I'll trust you guys on that one. Can we talk about hitting new goals this upcoming year? Echelon can get you there. Echelon offers the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and their Echelon Stride Smart Treadmill. No matter what your favorite activity is, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of your own home. The EX75 is Echelon's latest state-of-the-art innovation that takes cycling to the next level. The EX75 Connected Bike is built with performance, flexibility, and durability in mind. The EX75 is the bike for the competitors at heart. Their world-class instructors will invite you with thousands of daily live and on-demand studio-level classes, always available when you need them unlike their competitors. Echelon is affordable for everyone, and one membership lets up to five family members work out at the same time. Right now, you can try Echelon fitness equipment at home for 30 days. Go to echelonfit.com slash locked on. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash locked on. Now, Cole, this is one where, and obviously you mentioned it, and we were talking about you know, the coaching staff and how you were able to get so much development all around. You look around; it's you know a week and a half from the Super Bowl. Everybody's still around. This, I mean, the the amount that you can maybe carry over and keep the work going. Now that even though twenty twenty was so wonky and there was so much less involved, and we'll see you know what changes from twenty twenty will carry over onto the future of the NFL as J.C. Treader spoke on, as many other players have spoke on. But all of this newness is out of the way now. And there, you know, most of the coaching staff, it, it's there's going to be no newness, and it's going to be, well, we're a team that won a playoff game. Our goal is to now, we're not going to talk about competing for the AFC Championship game. Hell, what do we got to do to host this sucker? Uh, yeah, I mean, to that point,
2: to that end like you need stability among the coaching staff right and so I think um I'm really freaking excited you guys the best part of like let's not the best part about this year other than winning a playoff game and that playoff game happening to be against the Steelers which was by far the best part of this year but close second in Pittsburgh Pittsburgh. yes don't forget that part and Ben cried also a good part there were lots of good parts of that day um (laughs) But the second best thing, and it's a close second, is like, oh, my God, we found our coach. And to be clear, I don't even think he's the best coach that we have. And he's fantastic. But the best coach we have, maybe the MVP of the entire Cleveland Browns for this season, in my view, was Bill Callahan. I literally do not understand how you take random dudes off the street and do with them in the period of time, what Bill Callahan was able to do with them. Um, yep. I, it was incredible and phenomenal and, and they're all coming back. I just, I just, I'm so excited. You guys,
0: especially Blake Hans, Cause um, who, because who, b- because, because <laughs> Blake Hance, like, he didn't even have a chance to, I don't even know if he met Blake Hans cause he was on the COVID protocol. So, yeah. Like how much of that was watching video and how much of that was like coach Treader, basically whipping him into shape in about 20 minutes yeah. of actual practice before they went out there. <clears throat> and then he goes and plays, <laughs> he goes and shuts down Frank Clark, which is satisfying on any number of levels because I hate Frank Clark as a human. Uh, that, well, we uh, <laughs>
2: he did. Peter, you're going to make me take out my mom voice. We don't hate people. We just strongly dislike them.
0: You look up on deadspin. You'll hate Frank Clark. Anyway, uh, uh,
2: I know why you hate Frank, uh,
0: but just, yeah. I mean, the, the idea that like, and uh, obviously I've been getting this constantly over the last you know couple of days is, is like the Ravens making excuses while their line wasn't good. We had Blake Hance playing left tackle, like the same thing with the bills. Like we didn't have all our alignment Blake Hance. Like that's the, that's the end of the conversation. We had Blake Hance at, at our left tackle. So yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, but like they literally told him to drive to Cleveland
1: because it was safer. Like, they wouldn't even send him a plane ticket. Nah, dude, just drive. At least you'll be in the car by yourself. We won't have to worry about this. And the fact that you were in an airport on a plane, nah, just jump in, you know, the uh, 2013 Camry, maybe missing a rim and drive your ass out of here. And, I mean, $35,000 for a couple hours worth of work, God bless. Any
0: excuse to get out of New Jersey? <laughs> of course, of course, of but course. You
2: guys, we can make as many Blake Hance jokes as we want. But... It was Nick Harris. It was Kendall Lamb. It was literally any dude that they grabbed and plugged into that line. And I'm not saying there was never a drop off, right? Wyatt Teller to anyone is going to be a drop off because Wyatt Teller's played out of his mind when he was on the field this season. Like when you're halfway through the season and there are legitimate news outlets putting a right guard on top five for MVP lists that's crazy pants. Cause a right guard is never going to be the MVP. And that just goes to show you how ridiculous Wyatt Teller was this year. Um, so it's not like there wasn't a drop-off, but the drop-off just wasn't what you would expect it to be given the drop-off in the actual talent level. And I, it was just amazing. And it was amazing because they still ran and Baker was still untouched. It was just, it was I will say though, too, I think people that are not getting enough credit for those two things also being true are our tight ends and Andy Janovich, because we can talk about and Nick Chubb, we can talk about the offensive line guys all we want, but Nick Chubb was, I believe the number top number one running back, um, as a pass blocker this season, Andy Janovich, I think was one or two for fullbacks in pass blocking. Let me see. I want to make sure I'm getting this she's right. Got
1: numbers.
2: I, this lawyer I, came here. So me, best, I think she's also trying to credit David
1: Njoku. Best
2: pass blocking grade of any fullback and the second best run blocking grade of any fullback. And then David Njoku, who the running joke on him, while everyone has complained about his hands for the past couple of years, has actually been the fact that he can't block to save his life, was incredible. He was he was uh, pro football focuses number one pass blocking tight end in the league as of like, I think December 23rd, I don't think I could find an updated stat, but like that, I mean, what Bill Callahan did, not just with the line, but with everyone when it came to blocking was just incredible.
0: But that, that is a testament to a coaching operation that works together. So like everybody obviously gives Stefanski a ton of credit for play calling and all that, but that's, that's a open communication between the offensive line coach, the running who's the running game coordinator you know, obviously Alex Van Pelt and these guys all working together, that you're calling plays that make sense for what you have. Like, and Bill Callahan being able to say, look, here's what we have. Here's what we can do. Here's what, you know, this is realistic. This is smart. This is, you know, those type of things. And Bill Callahan obviously has head coaching experience and has called plays. So, you know, part of that is, you know, to, to Stefanski's infinite credit, that he empowers people to do their job and do their job really well. So, you know, obviously he spent so much of, uh, the playoff week, the initial playoff week, giving everybody else credit, but this is why, like those things have to work together to be able to do this thing. So Bill Callahan is a tremendous value, but some of that value is Justin Stefanski being able to say to Bill Callahan, you know, you've obviously done this at a really high level, you know, help me help you. And that's part of it. They call plays to what they have and what they can do, and that has allowed everybody you just sort of shine in that in that regard.
2: You mean the fact that he didn't say he well, what was it is,
1: one thought. second, Nicole. And what it is, Pete, is is you can go to somebody in that scenario and say, this is what I'm looking to do. I think we can exploit outside. Or, you know, with the, you know, <clears throat> with the outside zone this week, I think we can take it outside. And you can go to Bill Callahan and Bill Callahan can say, that's fine, but let's call it out of this formation. Let's call it out of this personnel so this block with this guy may be too difficult and so you know you get your initial game plan and obviously you know the x's and the o's but then there's the you know then there's the you know the billies and the joes who's actually going to perform the maintenance and i think that's where uh for bill callahan was really really maybe not known if you're not as deep into this as some of us are it's This is what I think we can do. How are we going to execute this because who's going to block it? And then you have a gentleman like Bill Callahan, who's just, (laughs) I mean, just this well-regarded and says, okay, no problem. We're going to do bang, bang, bang. All right, let's go out and run it on the field.
2: Yeah. And I don't, yeah. Plus, you know, to Pete's point about Stefanski empowering his staff, I think we're a long way from I'm the one driving the bus. Um, and I'm not sad that we're a long way from that.
0: I am sad that he's not working for the Steelers. I was, I had my hopes up.
1: <laughs> I sent over an email. I highly sent over an email. Um, you know, If they wanted a cameo, I, I, I offered to do that for them. Anything we could to possibly, you know, maybe get Ben Roethlisberger in his last season, you know, ripping out the two hairs that are left in that old ass, bald ass head and maybe his beard. But we tried We tried to let the Steelers, but they only take the people we like in the draft. You know, if we, you know, I guess coaching, um, coaching suggestions are not something the Steelers are doing. Okay. Um, We'll see. I I think, you know, Pete, you just took over the room. You mummed everybody. So we're going to sneak in one more commercial break. And this is where it's going to get exciting because, look, there's changes to be made here there's improvements needed. And we'll get to that here a little bit as Nicole joins Pete Smith and I here on Locked On Browns. Are we ready for some football? Super Bowl Sunday, about a week and a half away, Kansas City Chiefs, Tom Brady, the goat at the quarterback position versus the only one who can possibly ever maybe take that title from him. There's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. And again, promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, all caps, no space, for a 50% welcome bonus. Not only can you get NFL, college basketball, you can also get the NHL, you can also get the NBA. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online. You are online sports book experts. Nicole, and it's tough. And as much as we enjoyed the 20 season, it's time to turn the page. You've always enjoyed this process. Um, if anybody is a big Phillip Lindsay fan, there was a certain young woman was screaming about him for anybody who listened a few years ago. Yes. She's
0: two for two. So, She's all- two for two on draft picks.
2: Yeah, I was a big uh LaVisca think- fan too. And it's not that I have a, a CU bias. I just really liked both of them. Um God, they're both really good.
1: Well Nicole, changes are needed. Um we don't necessarily have to put names into this yet. Um, but, you know, from 2020, look, there's there are concerns. There's no way around it. Um, reinforcements are needed. What, for you, and um, now some situations maybe created themselves here later in the season, uh, Olivia Vernon's injury um, being one of them, obviously still we're wondering, you know, what Grant it will be, the uncertainty of a greedy Williams. How do we handle all this? We go to the attorney here, man, pound it out here, let's go.
2: Yeah, I am actually really glad that I am not negotiating. This <laughs> is like you're
1: reaching for this will be it, this will be submitted as Exhibit C. She's no, ready no, to go.
2: No, I'm just I'm really glad I'm not negotiating these contracts. You guys, I think this is a horribly difficult year to do evaluations and extend. Nobody off- knows
1: anything right now. You have no idea right now. You could have well, fifty million dollars, or you could have ten. I <laughs> mean,
2: well, that and like you know we were talking about this a little bit before we you know before we went live but or before we you know start talking on the pod and i just it's a really hard it's really hard to evaluate guys that had covid this year because there's no way to think that having covid didn't impact their play to some extent so i think that's difficult right um then you have the other way that covid is going to potentially affect the off season like for example is Andrew Billings going to opt out again like i what's the status of his contract like that's a weird situation um what about guys from other teams that you're possibly evaluating like did they have covid did it potentially impact them this year i just and then like we're again we're not going to have an off season most i mean Oh, sorry. I hate to break this to anybody who hasn't accepted this yet, but we're going to have the same off season last year that we had, or this year that we had last year. Like there's not going to be OTAs in Berea, um, you know, this spring. And so it's, it, it's going to be another, I think, tricky off season. Um, And, but I think one thing's obvious, right? Like we came out of season and dear God, the defense. And like specifically, dear God, the linebackers and the defensive backs um, and especially the linebackers. So I think, you know, if I'm Andrew Barry, the offense doesn't look like it needs a ton of work. Um, you could throw the exact same offense without a single roster change to it out on the field next year, and I don't think a single person would have a substantial complaint, except for Pete, and we'll ignore that complaint, because that's what everybody does.
0: <laughs> I knew what she was going to
2: um, say. And, and I mean, he can continue to yell into the void. That's fine. Um, we all need that outlet in our lives. Um, but, I, so I think, like, I think we all know, right, that the defense needs a lot of help, and the crazy thing is it needs help like all the way through the depth chart. Like, that's what's really hard, right? Like, the, we need help on from starting linebackers and cornerbacks all the way through to the guys that are, like, suiting up to play special teams who can't tackle to save their lives. I mean, Tavier Thomas, like, came around by the end of the season. But other than that, like, the special teams tackling was j- just as bad, if not worse, as the actual defensive tackling. So, I don't – I mean, I don't know spin the globe and put point your finger somewhere like that group on the defense needs help.
0: Right. So, well, I think it, it comes right, down to jump the, in before you jump in here.
1: I could just with, I think part of the problem with special teams is once these guys got elevated and Robert Jackson is now your starting cornerback. It was like, I think there was no rhyme or reason to what was going on with special teams. It was like, all right, well, you're the 11 that are left. I've never played punt coverage in my life. Well, congratulations. So this is what you're going to do this week. I don't think they had much of a choice. And in the grand scheme of things, you just play the hand as you're dealt. Um, but, you know, that part of it is what it is. But let's look at it this way. If we're actually nitpicking special and teams special teams after this season, wow. Man, now we're to the point where, you know, this is rich people problems here. So this is pretty good. but go ahead, Pete.
0: A lot depends on what Joe Woods wants to do. Uh, you know, this past year he, he ran – a lot of cover three we know what he wants to do he told us well as far as like minimizing linebackers yes and i'm 100 on that but it goes further than that if he's content to play zone you know that changes sort of what what you have to do you can live with terrence mitchell if you're gonna play nothing but zone if you're gonna try to be a team that's gonna play more man and do some more things in terms of changing up your coverages you need more corners and you need better corners and those are gonna be significant investments and if that means signing for agents, they're gonna to have to find a way to create some money. If that means drafting, I think people are gonna be in for shock for how early and how often they draft corners, which I've already found out after doing a mock draft where I gave three in the top four rounds. Uh, they need corners badly. Like Denzel Ward is a good corner. He is not a great corner. He is a good corner. He's also a good corner that misses games. And that's a problem Uh, you know, and some of that was COVID, some of that was, you know, it's again, it's it is tough to evaluate, but uh, so when you have that as one good starting corner and you're sitting there going, I don't know what Greedy Williams is, then you have to go, I need two starters because slot corner is a starting position, and that's not okay to be like, Well, you can just grab one. We just did that, and Kevin Johnson was not a small investment, by the way. He's actually, you know, he's a good cover corner, he just didn't had less tackles than i did this year um but if you're going to try to play play some different coverages man in particular and you want to be able to do some things against teams like you already know what the ravens are going to be and you have to have smaller faster guys that can corral lamar jackson like the idea that we have to get linebackers to tackle lamar jackson no team on earth has done that they've all taken guys off the field to tackle him uh if you're trying to deal with the bills you know they spread you out like they didn't even run. So what are you taking linebackers for? You know, if that becomes an issue, fine. The Chiefs, we saw it. Like the linebacker position didn't even matter except for tackling Chad freaking Henny, which is fine. But we're not game planning to stop Chad Henny. Like we have to stop their their big weapons. So, yes, they need to get better at linebacker and they need to keep churning those things. But it, you know, again, I, I, everybody's like, well, we should take, you know, we can take a linebacker at 26. He's not going to impact those games that you really need them to impact. You need corners and you need good corners and you need like more guys that can come in and like be a legit guy. Like, just look at the chiefs game. How many people know who Rashad Fenton is? He came in, he was playing great against our receivers and nobody could get open like Rashad Breeland. You know, he's a $2 million cheap corner, but they're good at what they do. So you have to be able to find guys that, you know, Joe Woods, depending on what he wants to do, have to be able to compete with that. But the biggest thing they have to do is get faster, faster on uh, in the back end and bigger on the front end. So they're going to have to find another defensive end with size. And then defensive tackle is the wild card. Uh, I, I know a lot of people are going, well, Larry Ogan, not going to be back. I The reason I don't say that's a guarantee is I don't know what his market is. I just don't know. And if it's like, he'll come back for $2 million for another year, trying to then like sort of, you know, get into a better free agency period where there might be more money. Then who are you to argue at that point? Like that, that becomes a really easy decision to me. So defense is tough. A lot of it depends on what Joe Woods wants to do. I I give him, I, again, I think he deserves a medal for what he did this year. uh, Putting together a, a defense that just didn't have anything. And it was just taking a box of scraps and going, stop people and he did in two playoff games uh to thou going what do you really want to be does he want to be more like that Broncos scheme that had so many good coverage options that they could change up so much uh except bigger up front cuz they had Von Miller and 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 guys like that that were quick and uh like that but my one uh caveat with linebacker would be one thing and this is you know sort of bleeding into when we eventually start talking about the Super Bowl Devin White and Levante David are good at what they do, and what they do is blitz. So if you're going to try to do a lot of things where you're going to blitz linebackers and say, this is part of who we are, that's fine. If you're not, then again, it becomes a waste. And obviously, against Patrick Mahomes, that's tough because he's really, really good against the blitz. But you're basically saying smaller, faster, and they're not running the ball. I might as well send linebackers as opposed to defensive tackles. I'm willing to listen to that. But overall, I just, again, it's just not very important to me. I don't think it's important to the Browns. Uh, Yes. They need to keep working and finding guys. But the other problem I I keep running into is it's not a really good linebacker class. And no matter how many people try to spin me these freaking Ohio state linebackers that sucked in the playoffs, they weren't good. Then I don't trust them to play against the Steelers and the Ravens. So do better.
1: I'm just going to jump in here before we let Nicole go. Um, uh, you know, to close you know, give some thoughts here to close us out. Um, you're there's two things you're looking at. I don't think you're looking at Pittsburgh anymore. You're looking at Baltimore now and you are looking at Kansas city, Baltimore. It's done differently. You need the athleticism that can combat Lamar Jackson, Kansas city. You need the athleticism that can run around with McCall Harbin that can run around and at least stay close with Tyree kill because if you can't do that, then you're giving up 70, and then once you start to manipulate the coverage to you know cover the fact that you're giving up 70 yards to these speedsters, you got to figure out a way to you know then not have Travis Kelsey kill you. So it, this is it. I mean, it, it, there's no other theory for me as to how you manipulate this roster this offseason season is. Will this guy get us W's over the Baltimore Ravens? Will this guy help us get W's against Kansas City Chiefs? And that's three games of the 16-game slate for 2021. So those games will dictate most likely what's going to happen come January in playoff time in 2022. That's it. It's a recipe of what competes with these two franchises. Ms. Nicole, any thoughts here? We're getting a little bit short on time, but go ahead.
2: Yeah, I just want to say, like, I tolerate no Joe Woods slander. Um, Right None. None. Like when you take just a bunch of like rando dudes off the street and you throw them on a defense and you have the turnover differential that you have and you hold the chiefs in the playoffs to 22 points, like no, Joe Woods slander at all whatsoever. And I know it was a nail biter situation, a lot of weeks, and I know it was frustrating as hell. And I know playing prevent isn't fun and blitzing is fun, but Greg Williams blitzes a ton and we sucked. So, and as Pete has pointed out, the best quarterbacks in the league excel now when you throw the blitz at them. So why would we keep doing it? Um, I just, I tolerate no Joe Woodslander. slander. And I also think that Joe will play a different defense if you give him different talent. I think the amazing thing about Joe, and I think he proved it this year, was he will adapt his defense to whatever player personnel that he has. And dear God, thank you, finally. Thank you, finally. So no, Joe Wood slander for me. And I 100% agree with Pete that the number one, I mean, as much as our linebackers are our worst group, we have a higher need at DB. Um, Yes, you have to start three corners. Yes, her almighty, the princess of darkness, Amy Trask is always right when she quotes Al Davis and says, you never leave a team without corners. And dear God, do we have a team without corners? You have Denzel Ward. You have maybe Greedy Williams, question mark. We have to, have to, have to bring in a ton of quarterback competition um, in this offseason. Um, and and here's the thing with the linebackers, like speed. I care about nothing as much as I care about speed with that group. They have to be able to run no, sideline because of what, what Jeff said.
1: No, and no doubt, and, and and you're you're basically replacing these linebackers with these guys, and it's about you know not let get, letting Lamar get to the outside. It's not about it's about not letting these speedsters just absolutely bury you. If you were not following at Browns, babe, you should be. Uh, not only is she a great, passionate fan and intelligent, Nicole's just cool. <laughs> um, you know, Pete and I we love her. Talk with her, love Nicole. Nicole's a sweetheart. Uh, Pete Smith, Sports Illustrated, uh, Browns Digest, always killing it over there. The show itself, Locked On Browns, iTunes, Spotify. Folks, as we make the transition here to Tegna, make sure you are subscribed. Make sure you're leaving those ratings and reviews. And this is Ben, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB.